Well, good morning. So Kathy and I did something this morning we haven't done in a long, long time. We got ready for church with a two-year-old in the house. And let me tell you, it's different. So those of you who are parents of young children, and I know some of you think that, oh, you only have one two-year-old because we've got like three, four, five kids in the house. I have a renewed sense of respect and appreciation for you this morning. Uh, The fact that you're able to get up in the morning, you're able to get everybody ready, and you're able to be here at church. So thank you for doing that. I know it's not easy, and we do appreciate the effort that it takes for you to be here with us today. So again, thank you for doing that. As you probably have heard by now, our theme in 2018 is out of the boat, living uncomfortably. And one of the things that we're doing this year to help us become a little more accustomed to being a little more uncomfortable is we're doing a series of weekly challenges. So last week was our first challenge. We started the new year with the challenge of spending a little bit of time in a different neighborhood, getting out of our pews and moving somewhere else for worship service last Sunday. And I'm very pleased to report that everybody survived Nobody was injured, and we're back here today, and I see most of us are back where we're accustomed to being, but it was good last week. And then at the end of service last Sunday, I challenge you to sometime during this week to pick up pen and paper and write at least one note of appreciation and then mail that note to someone here at Netherwood Park, someone that serves this congregation in some way. And based on the reports that I'm hearing, many of you have done that. Many people have sent cards. Many people have received cards. So thank you for doing that. Good for you for following through on that challenge. And if you didn't get it done last week, that doesn't mean that you can't write a note. It would be something good for us to, to learn to do regularly and continually. Let people know how much we appreciate what they do in service to the church here at Netherwood Park. I'll let you know what our challenge is going to be for this coming week at the end of today's sermon. I want to once more emphasize that the origin story of this year's theme is a combination of Matthew's account of Peter walking on water that we just read and also our elders' assessment of our congregation back in 2010. When our elders evaluated Netherwood back in 2010, they concluded that our church didn't need more people sitting comfortably and prudently and pragmatically in the boat. What they saw we needed was what I'm convinced that we still need today. That's more Peters. We need more Peters. We need more people who are willing to call out to Jesus. We need more people who are willing to answer Jesus' call to come out of our boats. We need more people walking toward Jesus. We need more people who are willing to risk failure as they walk with Jesus out on the water. We need more Peters. And last week we saw that one of the reasons why we are reluctant to get out of our boats is fear. See, we know that if you get out of the boat, you may walk on water but you may sink. So naturally, we're afraid of failing and we're afraid of any number of other things that might happen to us if we do venture out of the boat. We fear all of those unknowns. So like the Israelites who were on the edge of Canaan, we often find ourselves living by fear instead of living by faith. 
And today we're going to look at a second reason why we often find ourselves stuck in our boats. And this reason isn't a fear reason. This reason is a hearing reason. We're often stuck in our boats because we don't hear God's voice calling us. And if we don't hear God saying, come, then we're not sure we should go. Or we find ourselves stuck in our boats because we hear all kinds of voices saying, come. But we don't trust that the call we hear is actually coming from God, his authentic call. So we remain stuck in our boats because we can't recognize his voice among the many competing voices that are out there. See, we do hear lots of different voices calling us to do lots of different things. And we aren't always sure which voice among those voices is God's voice. So today I want to spend some time talking about how we can come to recognize God's authentic call. How we can recognize what is a godly call to come out of our boats. And it seems to me that there are at least three things that we need in order to hear God's call and in order to recognize his call as the authentic call. And the first thing that we have to recognize in order to recognize God's authentic call is that we have to have a relationship with the caller. We must have a relationship with God in order to be able to hear and especially to be able to recognize his call. To know his call, we have to know him. Think back to that story of Peter that was just read. When Jesus came walking by on the water, what was the reaction of those 12 men who were in the boat? Well, the reaction was fear, right? We read, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. And how did Jesus deal with their fear? Well, he spoke to them. And when he spoke to them, they recognized his voice. Jesus said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then the men knew it was Jesus, and they knew it wasn't a ghost, and they knew that because they recognized Jesus' voice. They knew his voice because they knew him. And if we want to have the courage to come out of our boats, we need to be able to recognize God's voice, his true voice. And to recognize his voice, we have to know him. Jesus addressed this very thing in John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, Jesus talks about sheep, and he talks about shepherds, and he talks about sheep pens, and he talks about authentic voices. John chapter 10 and verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief. And a robber. The man who enters the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. And why do they follow him? Because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I want you to humor me for a second here. I'm going to do some serious metaphor mixing. So here's a paraphrase of what Jesus had to say. 
He says, before the sheep will leave their boat, they weren't really in a boat, but before they leave their boat, humor me, they must first hear their master's voice. And when they hear their master's voice, they will follow him out of the boat because they know his voice. And they know his voice because they know him. See, the sheep will never follow a stranger out of the boat. In fact, they'll pick up their oars and they'll row the other way. And let me tell you, you've never lived until you've seen a bunch of sheep rowing a boat the other way. They'll row the other way because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. They don't know that voice because they don't know him. So if we're not able to discern God's voice calling us, it may be because we don't know him. Or it may be because we don't know him well enough. We may not have the close relationship with him that we need in order to recognize his voice. You see, if God is a stranger to us, we may be rowing away when we should be walking on the water, leaving the boat. If God is a stranger for us, we may be leaving the boat when we should be rowing away. We must know God in order to recognize his voice. And the good news for us is God is knowable. And the good news is God wants to be known. So how can we come to know God so we can recognize his voice? Well, not surprisingly, it begins with Jesus. See, the story of Jesus is the story of a God who wants to be known. Jesus Christ is the full revelation of God. He's God in the flesh. He's God who walked on the earth. He's God who spoke and taught. He's God who did miraculous things. And if we know Jesus, we know God. If we see Jesus, we see God. And if we hear Jesus, we hear God. God has given us his son, And we can hear Jesus, and we can see Jesus, and we can come to know Jesus because of what God has done for us and what he's going to do for us. God helps us know Jesus. God has given us his spirit. All of us who have been baptized into Christ have received the gift of the spirit, and the spirit guides us and teaches us and leads us. And when we learn to listen to the Spirit, and when we learn to be guided by the Spirit, we're learning to listen to Jesus, and we're learning to be guided by Jesus. God has given us his Spirit. And we come to know Jesus through the Word, through God's Word, through Scripture. God reveals himself, and God reveals his Son through Scripture. I know because I've been told that sometimes people get really tired of our kind of constant harping about the importance of Bible reading and Bible study and Bible class, and we go on and on about the importance of that. And I know some people get tired of it, but I will never apologize for harping about that. See, as followers of Jesus Christ, as people who want to be able to recognize his voice, we must be immersed in God's word. We must know his word. We must hear it. We must listen to it. We must study it in order to know God, not just his word. And to be able to recognize his true voice. God has given us his word. 
and we come to know God and we come to recognize his voice through time that we spend with him, especially time we spend with him in prayer. You see, as we speak to God and as we listen and watch for his answers, we begin to learn God's will. We begin to know what his desires are, what his aims are. We begin to know who he is and what he wants. And the more we know who God is and the more we know what he wants, the more we're able to recognize his voice. God has given us prayer. And finally, we come to know God by spending time with his people. We come to know God by spending time with his family. We learn to recognize his voice when we spend time with people who know him and who know his voice. So let me tell you, if you'll surround yourself with God's children, they'll help you recognize their father's voice. God has given us his church. And if we know God, then we can recognize his voice. But you know, sometimes even knowing God isn't enough. Especially when we're trying to recognize God's true voice among all of those many competing voices that are out there. All the noise that's generated by competing voices. So we also need wisdom. You see, wise people are able to to discern God's authentic call from all other calls. We need to acquire wisdom in order to recognize God's true voice. So how do we do that? How do we go about acquiring wisdom? Well, the first thing that we need to recognize is that just like there are competing voices, there are also competing wisdoms. There's the wisdom that comes from the world, and there's the wisdom that comes from God. And if we acquire the wisdom of the world, our ears are going to be tuned to those voices, to the voices of the world. But if we acquire the wisdom of God, our ears will be tuned to his voice. And we acquire wisdom much in the same way that we come to know God, because God is the source of our wisdom. So for wisdom, we go to the source. We listen to God's Son. We listen to His Spirit. We read and we study His Word. And as James tells us, wisdom seekers should pray explicitly and specifically for wisdom. They should ask the source of all wisdom to give us wisdom. James in chapter 1 and verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom... And all of us lack wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, we should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. How reassuring to know that God will give us the gift of wisdom if we'll ask him for it. So pray for wisdom. And also pray for the wisdom to listen to wisdom. You know, God hasn't left us all alone. He hasn't left us without help. We have help in discerning his authentic voice. God has given us that help. He's given us each other. He's given us every opportunity to seek out and listen to wise counsel about which voice is actually God's, which voice we should be listening to. There's wisdom in the church There's all kinds of wisdom in this room. 
we should be listening to the wisdom that comes from our brothers and sisters. God has given us each other so that we can help each other recognize his voice. You know, the Proverbs are full of advice about seeking advice, about seeking advice from other people, from wise people. For example, Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept instructions, and in the end, you will be wise. So if we want to be wise, we'll listen to the wisdom of God and we'll listen to the wisdom of God's people. But we won't be just listeners. We'll also be doers. You know, Jesus reminds us in that famous parable about the wise and the foolish builders that true wisdom is hearing wise words and then responding with obedient actions. Water walkers don't just recognize God's voice. They respond to his voice. They come when they are called. So to recognize God's true voice, we have to know God and we have to listen and apply wisdom. And sometimes we have to be patient. We have to be patient enough to wait on God's call. And patience isn't really our strong suit, is it? Sometimes when we don't hear God's voice, it isn't because we don't know him, and it isn't because we don't know his voice. And sometimes when we don't hear his voice, it isn't because we aren't wise enough to single out his voice among all of the noise of the other voices that are competing with his voice. Now, sometimes we cry out to God and we ask for his call, and we don't hear his voice because he isn't yet calling us. Sometimes we ask Jesus to tell us to come to him on the water and the answer isn't climb out of the boat. The answer is not yet. The answer is not now. And that can be really frustrating, can it? It can be really frustrating, especially when we've built up the nerve, when we're ready to get out of the boat and we want to go right then. Sometimes we make a very serious mistake. Sometimes we jump out of our boats and we go looking for Jesus. We go looking for Jesus and then we're surprised when we start sinking. See, remember, Peter didn't get out of the boat to go looking for Jesus. Jesus was right there. Peter got out of the boat because he could see Jesus and because he could hear Jesus. There was no doubt that Jesus was there and Jesus was calling him to come out of the boat now. It was Jesus who was calling. So sometimes we have to be patient. God's call will come in his time. As the preacher said in Lamentations, he said, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait on him. Sometimes we have to wait on the Lord and wait on his call. Well, let's be honest with each other. Lack of patience and getting out of the boat really isn't our most common problem, is it? Our most common problem is not getting out of the boat when we're called, not when we aren't called. Our problem of getting out of the boat is when we are called and we know we should, but for some reason we stay stuck in the boat. Our most common problem is we hear God's voice and we recognize God's voice, but we stay in the boat anyway. So I want to caution us not to fall into the trap of justifying ourselves. 
of justifying our actions, our lack of actions, of staying in the boat by labeling it patience. See, being glued to your boat by fear, being glued to your boat by fear when you know you've been called, that isn't patience. Being stuck in your boat by procrastination when you know you've been called to come out of the boat, that isn't patience. Fear and procrastination aren't examples of waiting on God. They're examples of waiting on our own nerve. They're examples of waiting on our own will while we ignore God, while we ignore his voice. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stuck in my boat because I'm ignoring God's voice. So I want to talk about one more reason why I believe we are too often stuck in our boats while we ignore God's voice. And this reason isn't a problem of fear, and it isn't a problem of even procrastination. It's a problem of size. You see, I'm convinced that oftentimes we miss God's daily calls to come out of the boat because we're so intent on listening for the call, the big call. See, sometimes we're waiting on God to call us to a foreign mission field and we're missing God's call to talk to our neighbor. Sometimes we're listening for God to call us to feed starving children in Africa and we're missing God's call to feed hungry children in Albuquerque. Sometimes we're waiting for God to call us to lead some big church program and we're missing God's call to lead our families. See, sometimes while we're waiting for God to call us to do something great on some great stage, we're missing God's call to do something quiet and something small for the least of these. See, what would make us think that God's going to call us to do something big if we haven't been faithful to his call to do something small? And why would we think that we would recognize Jesus' voice when he calls us to some great big task? When we haven't been acknowledging his call to his small task. If we haven't been faithful with the little things that we've been called to, why would God entrust us with his big things? So while we're waiting for the call, or perhaps we're missing all of the calls. See, I want to assure you, you are being called. Jesus's voice, God's voice is always calling you. And you can always hear his voice. And I assure you, you can always recognize his voice. And you can always recognize his voice because Jesus is always calling you to do one thing. He's calling you to be like him. He's calling you to be Christ-like. He's calling you to be truly Christian. And sometimes that doesn't sound like a big call. But I assure you, that is the call. Our call is to be like Christ. So let me tell you this. If you're being called and you are being called, if you're being called to be loving You can rest assured that's Jesus' voice. 
If you're called to be joyful, if you're called to be peaceful, if you're called to be patient, if you're being called to be kind, if you're being called to be good, if you're being called to be faithful and gentle, if you're being called to be self-controlled, if you're being called to be like Christ, you can know, you can rest assured, you can be confident that that voice that you're hearing, that voice that's calling you out of the boat, that voice is from God. That is Jesus calling you. Because Jesus is calling you to be like him. You can be confident that that is the call. And conversely, if you are being called to immorality, you can be confident that is not the voice of God. If you're being called to impurity, if you're being called to hatred, if you're being called to discord, if you're being called to jealousy, if you're being called to rage and selfishness, if you're being called to drunkenness and envy, you can be certain that the voice you hear is not God's voice. See, I think sometimes we make it really harder than it should be. Whose voice should we listen to? Whose voice should we obey? We should listen to the voice and we should obey the voice that's calling us to be like Christ. The voice that's calling us out of the boat to walk with Christ. And though sometimes those daily calls may seem small... Because we serve a God who does big things through his people who answer his call, big and small, there's really no such thing as a small call. Not when that call comes from our big God. So I want to let you know, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you right now. He's calling you continually. He's calling you every single day. He's calling you out of your boat to walk with him and walk like him out on the water. So once more, our question is, will you stay comfortably in your boat or are you going to answer Jesus' daily calls to join him out on the water to walk with him and walk like him? Let's pray. Father, there are so many things that keep us in our boats. Father, there's fear, there's procrastination, there's uncertainty. But Father, help us to realize that your voice is always calling us. Always calling us to step out of our boat, step out of ourselves. To look to Jesus, to walk with him and walk like him in the world. Father, to bring his fruit to the world. To be kind to be patient, to be loving, to be generous, to be helpful, Father, to be obedient. Father, help us to be people who answer your daily call to step out of our boats and walk with Jesus on the water. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Well, now for the moment you've all been waiting for, uncomfortable challenge number three. So your challenge will take place next Sunday here in the auditorium, and your challenge is to meet at least one person who you do not know. If that's a visitor, that's wonderful. Our visitors, we want to make sure that they get attention. But I would prefer that you meet someone who's not a visitor, who's here regularly, that you just simply don't know. And I can almost promise you, no matter how well you know people here, there's someone in this congregation that you don't yet know. So next Sunday... 
remember, meet somebody that you do not know. And let's get a little more accustomed to being a little more uncomfortable as we step out of our boats. Now let's stand and let's sing together, sing about the victory that we have, the victory that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Sing.